Today we are continuing our uh, sermon series on unity in the body of Christ. And we're going to look at John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. As you all uh, may be aware of, uh, John chapter 15 utilizes this metaphor of Jesus being the true vine and us being the branches. And that continues through the first 17 verses. And so uh, when it speaks of us bearing much fruit as the branches of Christ, uh, the disciples of Christ, it is that metaphor that Jesus is referring to. So here now the reading of God's word as it comes from John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I, am no longer, I, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts would be found pleasing and acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Immediately preceding John chapter 15, the conclusion of John 14 in verses 30 and 31, Jesus makes these two statements. The ruler of the world approaches... Come, let's be going. Jesus is calling upon his disciples to join him in facing the advancing enemy. It's a call to warfare, spiritual warfare, which for us as the church, we are to understand that we engage in that spiritual warfare most when we accept Jesus' call to carry out mission. It's easy for John 15 to be read as a devotional passage that sounds like it's more pietistic than missional in substance. Yet, that would be the wrong way to read this passage. Because Jesus teaches John 15 on the heels of having just called his disciples to join him in the spiritual warfare of facing our adversary, the ruler of this world. So as we walk with Jesus and the disciples through this text, we need to read it more as spiritual warfare strategy that provides guidance for successful mission. 
How now the primary focus of my sermon today is on the last six verses of John 15 that I read. However, let me tell you some things that Jesus teaches in the first 11 verses of John 15 for the purpose of the table being set for us to really actually consume the last six verses in the way we should. Throughout verses 1 through 17 in John 15, Jesus uses the vine and the branches as a metaphor for how mission of the church works. He is the true vine and we are the branches. And his intention is for us as missionaries to bear the fruit of reaching the lost souls of the world. That's why we need to be careful not to interpret this passage as being solely inward in its intention. Rather, Jesus is telling us, as branches connected to the true vine, that we are a part of an organic spiritual process of existing to bear fruit, or more accurately, existing to reach lost souls. Jesus as the true vine is the life source that is willing to fully share himself with us in this missionary effort. For as William Temple comments, the vine lives to give his life, its lifeblood. Its, its flower is small, its fruit abundant. And when the fruit is mature and the vine has become, for a moment, Glorious, the treasure of the grapes is torn down and the vine is cut right back to the stem. Jesus supports William Temple's comment when he says this, the father prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. As Jesus is walking with his disciples to face the adversary, the prince of this world, Jesus is commissioning his disciples and the future church to go into the world firmly connected to the true vine and bear the fruit of reaching the lost. Jesus, as the vine, has given his life blood for us so that we might go and bear fruit. Jesus' motivation for being the true vine and what he wants our motivation to be as branches is spelled out in verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. The Father receives great glory when the church is bearing fruit of reaching the lost. So therefore, if the church wants to bring glory to God, 
it will have a firm and faithful commitment to reaching the lost through mission. After all, as Jesus says in verse 8, fruit bearers are proven to be Christ's true disciples. Now within John chapter 15, Jesus shares four necessities for us to effectively carry out the mission Jesus is sending us out to do. Necessities are not optional, are they? No. So Jesus says these four things will be necessary for you to be fruitful branches or successful missionaries who are reaching the lost souls in this world. The first thing he says is it's necessary for us as branches to be pruned by the Father. The purpose of pruning the branches is so that the branches can bear even more fruit. And the way the pruning occurs is by our listening and obeying the messages that Jesus taught. Those messages recorded in Scripture continue to prune us every time we open the Bible and consume the Word. Scripture the living word of God has a maturing impact on how we live our lives. And the effect of that word in our lives makes us in a new way attractive to the lost souls in this world. The pruning of sin and wickedness out of our lives by God's word makes us witnesses who are as noticeable as a large, beautiful cluster of grapes hanging off a strong branch of the vine. The second thing that is necessary, it's necessary to remain in the sun, the true vine. Our personal relationship with Christ is absolutely vital to our becoming fruit-bearing branches. As is said in John 15, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Every branch must be in the vine. This endeavor of fruit bearing, being on mission for the lost in our world, isn't a human possibility. Christ must be working in us and through us for us to bear fruit. It's necessary for us to have regular communion with Christ, whereby we receive his instructions and we know how we must live surrendered to his will for our lives. Now, reaching the lost is first and foremost about loving them, telling them about Jesus, and sharing with them the good news of the gospel, whereby they can be forgiven of their sins and reconciled with God for all eternity because of Christ overcoming sin through the cross and death by resurrection. That's what reaching the lost is first and foremost about for us as fruit-bearing branches. However, another part of what our connection to Jesus affects in us as well is a holy hatred for what is evil in our world 
When Jesus saw injustice, he pointed it out, wanting the people of Israel and his disciples to correct these sinful errors of society. That's why Jesus reached out to the Samaritans. That's why he touched lepers. That's why he ate with tax collectors and sinners. That's why he spoke up for the widow and the orphan. That's why he elevated children and women, etc., etc. He saw people being treated unjustly, and he spoke up and exemplified justice. In Isaiah 5-7, we read this. The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, but instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard cries of violence. The influence of being branches who are in Christ is that we will bear a crop of justice and righteousness. The lost of the world will hear and they will see in us justice and righteousness that resembles that of Christ and they will be drawn to us, therefore wanting to live in relationship with the ultimate source of justice and righteousness, Jesus Christ, our true vine. The third thing that Jesus says is necessary to be effective in mission is it's necessary to pray in Jesus' name. It's necessary to pray in Jesus' name. Jesus presents a remarkable range of promise to answer our prayers when he says this, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. The Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. The condition is spelled out in verse 7 is, but if you remain in me. If you and I are remaining in Jesus and his words are remaining in us, then the sort of requests we are going to make are likely to be the prayer requests that Jesus would make. Jesus demonstrated himself to be one who wanted to do exactly what he saw his father doing, and he only wanted to say what he heard his father saying. When we remain in relationship with Jesus and his words are living in us, then we will similarly only be wanting to do what we see Jesus doing and only saying what we see Jesus saying. That being the case, prayer was a necessary practice of Jesus throughout his life and ministry. He prayed without ceasing, and he believed that made what he did possible. The point is not to be lost on us. If we want to bear fruit, then prayer is necessary. And we should pray as Christ did and trust 
that as his prayers were heard and answered, so will ours. John Stott writes this, in the work of mission, the church advances on its knees. The fourth necessary requirement to be effective missionaries is that it's necessary to love our fellow disciples. And I finally reached the primary text of our sermon. Jesus commands us to love one another. He commands it. <laughs> it's a command for us to, follow, to love our fellow branches. And if we don't obey that commandment, then it will be impossible to bear fruit. Jesus spells out, too, what it means for us to love one another. He says in verse 12, Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And Jesus has set an extremely, extraordinarily, and exceptionally high bar in how he has shown us his love. For he has loved us to the point of laying down his life for us, who he calls his friends. Make no bones about it. Jesus' commandment is a tour de force whereby he is asking us to love each other as friends for whom we might lay down our lives. We are chosen friends and appointed friends by Jesus to go and bear fruit. And in the fellowship of being his friends, the church is to exhibit to the world an extraordinarily and exceptionally high bar of sibling love that the world might find so astonishingly beautiful that they might also want to belong to our fellowship. Those terms of chosen and appointed in verses 16 and 17 that Jesus uses are utilized in other places in the New Testament to refer to times of ordination. The Bible speaks of people being chosen for such a time as this in which to be set apart for special service in the church. Now, I want to be clear. In our text this morning, Jesus is speaking of all of us being chosen and appointed to go and bear fruit. However, today we are participating in the ordination and installation of elected officers, people who are going to be elders and deacons for the next three years. And we are going to have a time of asking them to take vows of ordination and installation because we believe them to be set apart for such a time as this to offer their lives in special service to the church for a period of time. Now, it's important for them to know today what Jesus says about them and all of us. We are all chosen and appointed to bear fruit. They are not pulled out as the only ones to do that. 
yet they are needed to model these necessities we have spoken of today. If all of us together will be the sort of fruit-bearing branches that are bringing God glory in the eyes of the world. These elders and deacons will need to set the example of being pruned by the Father, remaining in the Son, praying in Jesus' name, and loving their fellow disciples. And they will need us to be praying for them to those ends and following their example the best that we can. In a final vow they take, the elder-elect and deacon-elect is asked to promise to show love and justice of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus was asking of his disciples as they approached with him their adversary, the ruler of the world. Jesus gives us a success formula for succeeding in mission as his church. Be pruned by the Father, remain in the Son, pray in the Son's name, and remember, we are commanded to love one another as Jesus has loved us, willing to lay down our lives for each other. In this way, we will bring great glory to God the Father, and we will humiliate our adversary, the ruler of this world, as we are able through Christ's power within us to rescue the lost out from under the tyranny of sin and death. We are going to take our adversary down by showing the love and justice of Jesus Christ to the world. I invite you to pray with me. God, we come to you today knowing that you are calling us to face the adversary with you. Just as you, Jesus, told the disciples at the end of John 14, the ruler of the world approaches, come, let us go. That was a call to join you in mission. And Lord, you have given us now the means by which we can be successful missionaries, individually and corporately together. So help us to allow the pruning as we read your word. Lord, help us to remain in close relationship with you, Jesus, the true vine, so that we are hearing your voice and responding obediently to you. Help us to be prayerful people, unceasing in prayer, following your example that you believed prayer should precede all the great works that you did, and so may it do that for us. And then lastly, Lord, may we answer your commandment to love one another as you have loved us. May we be willing to lay down our lives for each other if that is ever necessary. May we care that much for one another. And Lord, through these necessary steps, may we be effective 
at bearing fruit of bringing more and more of the world into your kingdom. Lord, may we have your heart for those in the world who yet need to know of God's love and justice. And may we therefore share your heart of communicating love and share your heart for hating what is evil and wicked and doing our part to stop the injustices within our society. Lord, we ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.